Naked Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. What's up? This is Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 171. My name is Ross Jedi J, the Jedi Ross. Please excuse me while I flick my bick. Excellent. Welcome back, kids. It's grand to have you here on this beautifully warm November evening in the L5J Studios, beautiful Clarkson, Ontario, Canada. I missed you, but I'm back doing our thing. Tonight, we have a very special guest, yet another brilliant scribe of the comic book form, writer, Mr. Brian Lee Bird. But first, we got to talk about something that's a going down. It's a going down, not this weekend, but the next. That's right, November 14th and 15th. The Cameron House, beautiful downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's 408 Queen Street West. It's pints and pages. That's right. A bunch of the GTA's coolest comic book creators, independenters, are going to be there. They're going to be talking comics, swapping comics, drawing comics, writing comics, podding about comics. That's right, an elegant weapon will be there and we'll be getting it all laid down on wax. Uh, a. Shea Han, Ricky Lima, Shane Amato, uh, Jesus Christ, Sean Daly. He'll be there. He'll be there being nice to everybody. If you want Sean Daly to be nice to you, go there. November 14th or 15th from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m., 408 Queen Street West, Toronto, Ontario. Okay, pints and pages, blah, blah, blah. I talk about it more in this episode. I hit it up in the end. But it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, it's going to be a bonding moment. A bonding moment for the independent comic creator community within Toronto. It's going to be good times, and I, I can't wait to be here podcasting at all. But tonight, tonight, I had a really good time talking to this individual. This guy's name is Brian Lee Bird. He is an editor and project manager at Masterplot Comics. 
He's also the writer of Bullets and Angels and the upcoming 100 Tears, which is a comic book based on a cool slasher flick of the same name. Kickstarter's coming. It's there. Actually, you can go check it out. Support. It's uh, good times and deeds. But I had, uh, I had a lot of fun talking to Brian. He's a really cool dude, and I'm very, very impressed with what he's got going on. And I can't wait to dive more into it, as you should and probably will want to, too, after listening to my conversation with Brian Lee Bird. And uh, he'll tell you all about it, and I'll talk to him all about it. And uh, we talk comics and making comics and fun stuff. And, of course, of course, we get a little bit of the Star Wars in there, because it just wouldn't be right if we didn't talk. So close, kids. Less than two months. It's so close. It's going to be happening so soon. Full sweet be awakening. But tonight the awakening is with Mr. Brian Lieber. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. Uh, been a little under the weather lately, but um, actually feeling a little bit better today. So. Um, I might have a slight cough. I do apologize about that in advance. I just took some some cough medicine to try to to curb it. That way, it won't be too coffee on the show. Don't even worry about it. My audience is very forgiving when it comes to being coffee. Awesome. All right, if you if you don't mind, give me just about one minute. I'm gonna step into uh, my office here and uh, get situated. Absolutely. Well. Get yourself comfortable. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I am ready to start whenever you are, sir. Very cool. Now, you have to be honest with me. Is it an office or is it a room full of comic books? Uh, <laughs> actually, if let me be completely honest with you, uh, it is a, uh, mind you, uh, I have a very large, uh, closet. It's a spare closet and it's, it's big enough to actually have like a refrigerator, a bookshelf, uh, you know, like a throw rug, a small chair. So like, uh, it's built for a closet, but I turn it into a, a small uh, office. So <laughs> now y- you have a, a live-in girlfriend or wife, yes? Uh, yes, that'd be Sarah. Uh-huh. And yes, Sarah. And uh, she, who you did, you co-wrote Bullets and Angels with, right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Now it just goes to to say what an amazing individual she must be to have a walk-in closet in her home and allow you to take it over. <laughs> true story true story and uh and she will she'll make the argument uh many times over that no it is indeed a closet and i'm like if you can take and, and put a bed in there you know and it have the bed fit it's not a closet <laughs> technically it is a bedroom isn't it <laughs> well very cool it's awesome to chat with you dude Absolutely. You Thank too. you for uh, taking the time to join us this evening. Yes, pretty excited about it. 
got a lot going on right now, so uh, it'd be cool to share that with, with everyone. Yeah, it's your recent discovery to me, and uh, perusing through your archives and such, you have tons going on from what I see. Um, you're down in Oklahoma, yeah? Absolutely, yes. Now, I think, forgive me, because things get a little blurry after a few years, but you may be the first Oklahoma in <laughs> on this show. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm not too surprised. Uh, the comic book scene here is is not as as big as, as one would hope. Um, I actually just did a, uh, a convention uh, this past weekend, uh, the uh, Halloween weekend, and, uh, you know, it, it's very small. And um, I, I don't know. I, I wish things were, were a little bit uh, more supportive and bigger here in Oklahoma. Uh, for the uh, the comic book scene, uh, and maybe who knows? Maybe in the future, uh, things will things will grow and, and be that way. Uh, I I keep I broke into comics uh, just uh, about well last summer, so like not not too long. I'm, I'm still new on the block. What you've done all you've done since last summer? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, to, to be completely honest, uh, I kind of started in in January. But things didn't get big until until last summer. And when I say uh, like January, that's when um, that's when uh, Sarah, my my wife, she uh, she said, you know, uh, what do you want to do with your life? And jokingly, I said, well, I, I want to work in comic books. And uh, it just kind of she said, well, why don't you? And, you know, uh, so uh, I wrote a script. Then uh, we found the found the artist for, for Bullets and Angels. Uh, who happens to be the the same artist that we used for for 100 Tears, and uh, that's that's Saint Yak out of Russia. Awesome, awesome artist. That's great, Russia. But, I love it. I love oh, it. Yeah, but uh, but no, um, yeah, we wrote the script, and then uh, we we had to to do our own trailblazing uh, because it was just it was like a shutout almost. Uh, anywhere we'd go, we just you know no what nobody was really willing to to help the, the new guy that came out of nowhere that no one had ever heard of had, hadn't done anything before and it was really tough it's a, it's a, it's a hard time right now especially with the way things are online and in the digital world there's it's a big ocean and there's a lot of fish in it right now you know and there is and and i i hate to say it i really do because i, I wish things were different uh because there's a lot of amazing undiscovered talent out there and uh, sometimes when when they when they get told no you can't break into comics they they take that at face value and um, that, that's just not the way it is I mean uh, anybody can break into comics I think the the question is is how do you break into comics with a, with a publisher That's definitely the question because I mean it's not even so much a matter of breaking into comics so many people can do it in so many ways themselves now but yeah when you get into that publisher arena. It's a bit more of a upward fight, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and like you said, you know, anyone could do it. Uh, especially, uh, you know, with self-publishing is is so easy. And you know, with crowdfunding like Kickstarter, uh, that's that's definitely one way to go. So, uh, does Oklahoma have like a con? Is there like a, a central yearly thing that's happened at all annually, or is there like a main shop in town? Like, do well, you know, I mean, there's there's quite a few shops. Uh, 
forgive my ignorance. Forgive my Canadian ignorance. I'm not too familiar with Oklahoma, so I'm not sure how big a city it actually is and what kind of scenes going on there. You know. Uh, right on. Uh, well, no, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of hick to tell you the truth. <laughs> so it is pretty southern. Uh, I don't know about southern, but definitely redneck. Okay. Um, and you see what else? Uh, there there is a couple of cons. Uh, that's that's annual. Uh, as such as OathCon. That's more like a collector's con. I, it's not very friendly to um, like creator own uh, and, and independent comic creators and just creators in general, actually. And then uh, Wizard uh, Wizard World Con uh, comes here once a year. So that, that's about as big as it gets here. Yeah, at least you get a Wizard World in there. That's that's, you know, that's true. That's, that's true. That's decent enough. So uh, I, I have to touch on you mentioning Saint Yak there and him being in Russia. And one thing I've talked about with many creators, many writers, in fact, it's crazy. We've been on a big run of writers lately. It's just, oh. hap- it's just happened to work out that way. But actually, when I think that, it made me think about, you know, the history of the whole show. And when I really think about it, writers do far outweigh coming on as guests compared to artists. And I think it's just usually because in the independent scene, they're usually the mouthpieces of the whole project. You know what I mean? They're yeah. the ones with the story to tell sort of things. So Right. You know, but I, it, it's amazing some of the comic books that I have read and been witness to that have been created over Twitter meetings and people from France meeting up with people in Florida and people from, you know, just insane places, Ecuador, meeting up with people from the UK and making this incredible work that they've never even met each other. You know, it's it's an amazing time that that's possible, you know? Oh, yeah, it is. It It's... Without the internet, uh, I think we wouldn't have a lot of amazing uh, independent comics that we that we do. And like uh, some of the great places that you can just you know uh, surf around and find these amazing uh, artists who are, who are waiting to to be discovered. You know, like, like Deviant Art is is definitely uh, a place to. That's where we found Saint and oh, a couple gold of other mine. gold mine. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and Facebook, I mean, there's so many Facebook groups that, that are supporting uh, comic book, uh, you know, artists and writers and creators. Like it's a, like Facebook, uh, you know, if you're if you've got the, the right list of friends and, and, and you're networking with the right people, it's like a comic con 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that, but it totally is. <laughs> so many people like, you know, posting uh, amazing uh, Kickstarters. Uh, amazing artwork that they that they're doing. Uh, people looking for work. I mean, it, it really is. It, you know, I mean, it's a it's a twenty four hour day. You know, just portfolio like, out there. You know. Well, some of these groups are amazing. Like the independent oh. comic creator groups are just just you know, they're 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 where I've met a lot of people who've been on the show have been through these you know these sites and these groups and just seeing an awesome picture and being like, hey, that's rad. Talk to me about it. You know. Absolutely. It's great. That's one lucky thing about being a comic book uh, interview podcast often most of the time is the fact that there's no shortage of people out there to have on. You know, it's so, it's great for so, that. So let me let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. What what got you into uh, being interested into into, you know, talking with uh, creators and, and running the podcast that, that you do? Well, here's what happened was is the podcast started with me and a friend of mine and it was one of those typical just conversational bullshit you know talking about things podcasts and 
just shortly after we started the podcast. I called it an elegant weapon just because I'm a Star Wars freak. I collect lightsabers, and it's just it was a cool name, I thought, right? I, it was never intended to be a Star Wars comic book podcast in any way. It was just a cool name. So shortly after the podcast started, the New 52 started. Okay. And it was very, very close around that time that we started the show. And us both being comic guys and reading a lot of it and being really into it just happened to start talking about that mainly on the show. And we just found ourselves naturally week after week talking about comic books and Star Wars and, what you know, other geek things. And uh, we'd always gone to Fan Expo. Like, I've been going to Fan Expo, the big Comic-Con here in Toronto, for like 15 years, right? Sure. So it was just natural that I knew people there. So I was like, hey, let's just start interviewing people at cons. So that's kind of how we started talking to creators because of the ones I already knew. Uh, eventually, he left the show. When he left the show, I kind of needed someone to talk to, you know. Once in a while, I'll just go solo and have a chat. But overall, I can't talk to myself every week. I get, you know, pretty crazy that way. So, uh, yeah, it just kind of morphed over a couple years into this, which is now basically me talking to independent creators. And not just comics, you know. I talk to – I'm fascinated by all types of creative people, you know. I have a lot of voiceover guests on. A lot of voiceover oh, awesome. artists, yeah, that's very cool. To to backpedal, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but to, to backpedal just for a second, you said you collect uh, lightsabers and stuff. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Kylo Ren's uh, new saber with the with the uh, the cross guard? How do you feel about that? Well, it's funny that you say that. Just the other day, I purchased the toy. It's my seventy eighth lightsaber. Okay, wow, cool. Yeah, and I purchased the toy, and I I have mixed feelings about it. But what I'm – the reason I'm not thinking too hard about it is because it has been stated that it will be explained okay. in the movie the purpose of the crossblades. So, you know, I'll reserve till I see that. I don't really – it looks cool. It looks like medieval and all badass as hell like that. But Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the whole reason why I like the, the, the lightsaber in the first place. It was because it – it was, you know, a very sci-fi. Didn't have like a like a cross guard and and everything. And it it's kind of its own thing. And now when you go in and you add this, it's it's I don't know. It's not as it, elegant. It's really it, not. It's, it's not, better be a really good explanation. That's all I'm saying. I do love the 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 the. I don't know what the word is, like the, the amateur making of it, like the way it's all raspy and gravelly yes. and looks yes. all kind of distorted and stuff. I love the fact that it's a crappily made lightsaber. That's just fun. Right. And now there's been a lot of speculation about uh, who uh, Kylo Ren really is. And everyone, everyone like is always trying to say, it's it's Luke, it's Luke. No, it's not Luke. But my, my, my personal speculation uh, would be it's probably one of the Solo twins. I think that... See, I think you're on the right path, man, because I think that there's going to be an I am your father moment yes. in one of the movies. That's going to happen in some way. And a lot of people, there's been mad speculation in the last week, especially about Luke Skywalker being bad and all this silly, silly nonsense. And what I really think is it may be a huge twist where they broke all our hearts in half with the erasing of the expanded universe and then – Imagine if it turns out that they are the solo twins that, you know, that Ray and uh, 
and Kylo Ren are actually the Solo twins, like whether they're Jason and Jaina or not, that would just be like, okay, they they did what they told us they weren't going to do and fooled us into not believing it. And I, I like that train of thought, man. I like that line of thinking because that, you know, I think there will be more to it. I think there's definitely something to Kylo Ren, you know? Sure, sure. Now, uh, there's so much going on in, in the Star Wars universe, and I, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how many people actually follow like the, the side stories, like Shadow of the Empire and stuff. But I, my favorite character, uh, and this might seem really weird, uh, in the entire Star Wars universe is, is actually uh, Dash Randar. You know, I'd love to see something with with him. Oh yeah, that'd be super cool. I've and, always, uh, sorry, go on. And, and you know, and with Netflix, you know, uh, you know, I think they're going to be doing Slave One and stuff. Do you think it's possible that, that we might actually see like a, a live action version of of, uh, of Dash? I, I, they've been talking about live action for so many years that I, I kind of I block that out immediately when I hear it because it's been a dream so long standing. Even though now is a time that when more than ever it's possible, it could be done. I, I think why not? I'd love to see Dash, you know, in live form. That'd be great. I, I was really excited when they brought. Uh, oh, what's his name? I'm blanking out on his name. Uh, they brought a Jedi. From the comics into the Clone Wars, the guy with the dreads. Okay, um, I, I hate myself for. Uh, it's not you, Lit Keldroma. It's not. It's anyways. It's it's a popular guy. He was a popular guy in the EU, and they kept him and they put him in the Clone Wars cartoon. Sure. And I'd love to see a live version of him too, right? Like, I, I'd love to take it all the way. It's been a hard transition for me though, because I've been spending twenty years reading Dark Horse Star Wars comic books. Right. Like, right. you know, since I was a wee pup in the 90s, that was my Star Wars. Like, I wasn't even huge into Star Wars as a kid. I did have the power of the Force lightsabers, the big ones with the – they had, like, holes in them. So when you, like, swung them around, the, the air went through and made, like, a sound. Okay. Yeah, they were a great 80s toy. But I was never a huge Star Wars guy. And I was kind of young. I was, like, six when uh, Jedi came out. So I was into the Ewoks and speeder bikes. But – it wasn't until the comics that I was like, this is badass. So oh, that, that's that been the cord for me for Star Wars forever. That's why I'm a bit of a prequel apologist. There were things in the Clone Wars that I was waiting to see for decades, like sure. an army of Jedi. You know, as horrible as those movies were, whatever. I yeah. got to see an army of Jedi, exactly. hundreds of lightsabers lighting up at once. So, yes. But I'm getting used to it because I like the idea that, you know, they can do something else and they can try something new. It's, and I'm sure it's going to be brilliant. And then I saw Luke. Did you see that picture of him in his Jedi robes? Yes. Yes. I saw that and I went, okay, they're not going to ignore the past completely because he looks straight out of the clone wars in those get in that get up, you know? So that's my take on it. <laughs> now. And, and I want to ask you another question. Uh, cause you met, you brought up the, uh, the new 52, um, so uh, did you did you like 52, uh, 52 better or the new 52? Uh, you'll have to be more specific. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, when, when they when they did the whole uh, original uh, 52 run, uh, when DC did that and uh, with uh, with Booster Gold, you know, like how he was oh, the yes, yes, hero. Yes. And yes, no, yes. No one knew that he's actually, you know, he saved the uh, he saved the universe and then. Uh, it ended with that kind of and, and all that. And then there, 
I really didn't care for the the, the new Fifty Two as much as I care as I as I liked the original Fifty Two. Uh, I know a bit about it, but I, I'm not familiar enough because I, I don't think I've read it. But the new Fifty Two was a bit of a, a resurgence for me as far as DC because I'd fallen out for a while because, like, I don't know. I just I wasn't hanging on to certain things like Batman wasn't what Batman was. There were cool things that happened, you know, like Blackest Night and all that stuff. But the new 52 is kind of a chance. I thought it was so bold an idea, and I thought it was so ballsy on DC's part that I jumped right in. And I started picking up like five titles right away, and I loved them all. Like I eventually started letting some go because they didn't stay up to the certain par. But I I think across the board it was a not not just the ballsy move, but a well executed one. I think they really pulled it off. I think it breathed a lot of new life into DC Comics, and I love the stories. I've been loving the stories on a lot of titles since that thing came out, and. You know, Batman overall, of course, has just been a streak of brilliance since putting those two together, you know, so, but really strong stories. I really think that's what Marvel's been lacking. They keep going back to the same old Secret War stuff because, I don't know, I think DC's writing is just, it's, it's, I think it's strong right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, DC's books are are just amazing. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of it, uh, I think Jeff Johns really changed the way that DC uh, looked at their projects and, and everything. And that man, I mean, he, God, in, in a way, he's kind of like changed comics uh, as we know uh, comics today. I mean, his name is on everything. If you, you watch an episode of uh, The Flash or, or you know, it's anything like uh, Gotham, you know, you'll, you'll see Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns. And it's like, I mean, that guy is so talented that, that, they made up a title for him. <laughs> I mean, that guy's just amazing. So yeah, I think he. T- I think he really. His smart move was focusing in on what DC has always been. That yes. people who like DC like their superheroes to be godly. They like them to punch planets, and they don't want them to be antiheroes that that I can identify with because they have mutant problems right. or whatever. I think Marvel has tried to treat itself too much like. It, like it's an independent comic creator. I think it's trying to write its stories like a lot of the indies do, and they're trying to be edgy at times, and they're trying to be creative, and I, I just don't think it works. I think DC just – they're being smart and and really focusing in on a, just a fresh take on what they've always had. Now, you know? now with that being said, I, I do think that the Marvel – cinematic universe by far is 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 way superior than 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 dc's i don't think you can compare yet because of just the size of it i think if we if we look back the at the past uh 10 years i don't know like let's let's look at things like green lantern oh my gosh that there was so much potential for such a great film and it was just and and this uh, i'm I'm 36 years old, and I've I have just been enamored and enthralled with with Green Lantern since I was five. I mean, it's, it's been my favorite, and to to go and and see this movie, and just the disappointment I felt it was heartbreaking. I don't know. Well, I I look at it this way. I mean, look where Marvel had to get to get where they are. They had to get through the, a Daredevil. They had like, to get through an Elektra. They had to get through some really, really awful movies to the point where Marvel Studios started, you know, basically John Favreau gave it to them. He was like, here's the formula, use it. And that's the only complaint I have about that 
which I do think is a brilliant universe and brilliant movies, and I love them, and they're entertaining and hilarious and fun and comic booky. But uh, the, it's a formula, and they stick to it. And what I like about what's going on in other areas is is that it's a little freer. You know what I mean? I like the fact that DC, like Warner Brothers, is keeping the TV and the movie separate. I I yeah. like that. I think that that pro- provides more variation. I think it, uh, it's just like the comics, right? Like when you're reading The Dark Knight, you don't feel like you're reading Batman, you know, like you're reading a different title, you know? <laughs> and it makes sense in a way, uh, you know, speaking from someone who, who does know a little bit about the, the DCU, uh, you can argue the, the multiple universe theory because, you know, they, they've got the 52 universes. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. So yeah. It's that, total like, multiverse. <laughs> I hope they tie it together one day, man. I think it'd be great. But also, I still, I still, still, after a decade plus, cannot let go of, you can't have a Marvel Universe without mutants in it. I, I'm i offended by the idea of the Inhumans. <laughs> I, I just, I, they need to, somebody needs to slap somebody and fix something. Because if they can do it with Spidey, I think they could do it with the mutants. And they need to. They need yeah. to. They need to. Take them home. <laughs> uh, I I concur 100%. Now, you also mentioned that, uh, a little bit about uh, the, the expos there in Canada. Because you, you guys, you call them, you call them uh, expos. You don't call them cons. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, uh, well, no. It's uh, – okay. What it's always been is uh, Fan Expo for years. Sure. And that's just what happened is that company – there's always been Fan Expo Canada. And mm-hmm. Fan Expo Canada is the one that happens on Labor Day in Toronto. Now what they've done in the past, I think it was two years ago, they started Fan Expo Vancouver mm-hmm. and Fan Expo Calgary, at least. There might be one or two others, but basically they branched out. So this one company, Fan Expo, has these several shows. And in fact, they just bought a couple U.S. cons, uh, Phoenix maybe? But okay. there's, a, there's a couple cons in the States they just bought, so those will actually be Fan Expo whatever's in the States. Oh, awesome. Okay. So that's just more of a brand name because Fan Expo also in March, what they do is they put on a smaller version of their show, and it's called Toronto Comic Con. And it's a big show comparatively because Toronto's such a big city, but it focuses just on the comic books. So all the gaming and the horror and you know everything else, sci-fi, that's not included. It's pure comic books. So uh, other than that, all the little cons are cons. Yeah, there's GTA Con and Con Bravo and Hamilton Comic Con, and we're now, very, very fortunate around here. We have, we're absolutely saturated. Like every weekend, there's some sort of event going on because just this area of Ontario is so rich with art. It's it's insane, you know. We we actually uh, at Masterplot Comics, uh, the we have uh, thirteen of us now working uh, here. Yeah, touch on that a bit. Explain and, to the, the folks and, uh, when and where did this begin? Sure, sure. Well, one one of us is actually uh, from uh, from Canada. Uh, do you know uh, Spencer Voikin? I uh, do not believe so. Goes to like, all the cons, pretty pretty big into cosplaying and, and voice acting. I, I I just curious if you if you uh, had uh, met him or if you if you ever do, it's a be uh, a great pleasure, man. This guy is hilarious. He just he's he's just fun to be around. He's just a all in all great guy but yeah uh, Master- i'll make a point to now then for sure <laughs> yeah he's on facebook check him out it's spencer voikin right uh, on awesome guy well you know um master plot yeah uh what would you like to know 
Uh, so what comes first? You decide to get into the comics and like uh, develop bullets and angels, or do you are you first like let's start a base to make comics from? Actually, I was completely uh, opposed uh, to to opening a publishing studio. Uh, I thought it was a bad idea. I didn't think it would. Uh, I didn't think it would work. I thought it'd be a flop. To tell you the truth, and just uh, so here's kind of what happened. I'll give you the. <clears throat> pardon me. I'll give you the the whole kind of uh, backstory on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, uh, last January we we started developing uh, Bullets Angels, working on the script, and uh, we got it uh, finished. And two, we had our artist picked out. And we, we picked a colorist, and then we, we got a letter. So we had the whole team assembled. And uh, St. Yak, he was, he was digitally drawing the, uh, the comic at the time, so we didn't need an inker. Um, and so we, we, built, we built a small, like, this Bullets and Angels team. And uh, our initial goal was we were going we to make the comic, and we were going to write a pitch for it, and we were going to shop around. Um, you know, we were going to try to get into image or this guy over here, uh, devils do just, you know, where, wherever. And, uh, we, we needed to, we, what we did was we, uh, we paid for the, the art team up front, uh, with, uh, with tax return. And we thought that'd just be the best way. Cause we didn't know about crowdfunding at the time. So we nice. know everything was coming out of pocket because we, we had never even heard of Kickstarter. And then it got to the point where we're like, okay, well, um, if we're not gonna, if we're not gonna hear back from any, any, uh, publishers, uh, what do we do now? I mean, we, we have a comic book. What do we do with it? And, um, the idea of, of, you know, with a little bit of research, uh, the idea of self publishing, uh, you know, sounded more and more better. And it sounded like something that, you know, suited us. So then we, we stumbled across Kickstarter. And, uh, that's kind of where everything, really blew up was was with our kickstarter our first kickstarter we were we were funded uh within the first four days and we ended that kickstarter at two 200 funded nice and uh you know we we didn't know what we were doing at all we just we made a comic book and we're like okay here you know kickstarter well it catches your eye that's one great thing i mean you secured some serious you know art on that shit you know like that's 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 Same. the first thing that catches you, you know. <laughs> he reminds me of of, of uh, kind of an early McFarlane. Absolutely, yeah. So, and I'm just I'm just really glad that that we, we found him when we did, and you know, uh, I'm not saying that we discovered him, but I I'm I'm glad to call him one of Master Plot's own. We actually uh, and you actually, found him on Deviant, or where'd you find him? Found him on Deviant Art, yes. Beautiful, yeah. And he is now the the art manager at Master Plot. Um, more about master plot. So what happened was, um, just out of the woodwork, it's people like, oh my goodness, uh, started blowing up my, my, my email and my, my Facebook inbox, uh, saying, Hey, uh, can you help me? Can you help me with, uh, my Kickstarter? Can you help me with my book? Can you publish my book? And it's like, whoa, guys, not a publisher. I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just a, I'm just a writer. You know, I'm just an indie guy trying to break in. And, uh, got, we got a lot of press, um, and just kind of just blew up overnight. And then, but people coming and asking for help didn't stop. And, uh, so Sarah, you know, she was like, well, let's, let's help some of these people that we can, you know, I was like, well, what do we do? 
you know, like what, what's the approach? You know, I, I don't mind helping people. And, but some of these people are like wanting us to publish their book and we're not a publisher. And she's like, well, why, why, why not? Why don't we become a publisher? And I was like, and uh, you know, uh, I, I told her I, my feelings on it and she told me her feelings on it. Uh, but then after a little bit more research and, you know, uh, debating, we decided that we would, we would try it. So we opened up a small uh, studio. We called it Masterplot Comics. And um, our goal was to find and, and help new creators uh, that was like ourselves. you know, had the same the same vision uh, and, you know, dreams that, that we had, you know, make a comic book and, and get it out there. Uh, we, we do have some standards, you know, they, we don't pick up just, just anybody. I mean, it has to meet a certain, you know, certain quality. That's got to feel uh, right too. Right? right. You know, uh, so what we do is we, we actually have like a meeting, uh, with, with, uh, the creators and, you know, we get a feel for them, let them know what we're about. And, uh, we kind of go from there. And so far, I think within, uh, man, we just, it, that just blew up too, because so many people, like once, once they found out that, you know, we were a new publisher and, and that we were taking submissions, like, Oh my goodness, we started getting submissions daily. We still get submissions daily. And then I have people message me, Hey, what'd you think? Or why have I heard back? And it's like, <laughs> no. it's, it's, it became a 25 hour day job. Um, but, uh, man, there's so much awesome stuff going on. Like, like, uh, the master plot comics, you know, we, we have our own podcast now that that's ran by, uh, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's ran by, uh, Stephanie Menard and, and, uh, and uh, she does an excellent job, and, and her uh, she has a co-host, uh, Megan. And uh, okay, yes, that just began. Right, I've seen her talking about that on Facebook. Totally. Now I'm. Yes, Stephanie is awesome. Actually, Stephanie is now a uh, a co-owner at Masterplot Comics. Oh yeah, right on. Stephanie and I have like uh, we've seen we've seen each other at a couple cons, I think, but don't. At one or two cons, but I don't think anyone's actually bothered to actually introduce us. Well, so of, we've seen I, each other. We've made eye contact enough that we're. Oh, wait, are we friends on Facebook? I think you, we I are think now. You, yeah, you, I, yeah, yeah. If you're not, you should be. She's totally awesome, man. She's great. But she right uh, she uh, is our press director. She 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 takes care of the podcast and and you know finding people uh, to to interview and and come onto the show and she writes articles and now. She uh, is actually going to be publishing her very first comic book uh, through Masterplot Comics. It'll be coming out uh, in April. So, and it's called Psychopath. Not, you know, mind you, Psychopath is one word, but we this is broken up to two words. It's Psychopath. I see what you did there. Oh, so and she she's very cool. really hard on this, and it's just I don't want to give. I don't want to spoil anything uh, about the book. That's that's it's her baby, you know. But uh, I'm excited about it. Oh my goodness! And very uh, cool, very cool. But uh, like I said, there's there's now 13 of us in house. We've got our own in house graphic designers. Um, they're the ones who who do all of our 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 images and graphics that we need for things like Kickstarters. Uh, you know. Um, they do a lot of our, our logos and, and T-shirt designs and just anything in the graphic department. Like it, they're great people. Um, man, there's so many, so many of us working right now uh, on so many different projects at Masterplot. But uh, I think in 2016, that's going to be our, our big year. We've already got 20, 20 titles. Wow. 
coming out. 20? Yeah. Really? Dude, yeah. it sounds like your wife can make you do anything by asking you why you're just not doing it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's 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 crazy, man. 20 titles. That's a roster. Yes, but, yes a lot of them are, are great. Actually, uh, uh, Three of them up are three of them are up on Kickstarter right now, and that's that's kind of the hard part about Kickstarters because now there's since we're picking up so many books that are created our own, uh, we do run Kickstarters. We do have to compete with with our own publishing house now, and Kickstarter is such a cutthroat business. You know, it really is. They should make some sort of thing. I was thinking about this. It might be cool if Kickstarter had like uh, some sort of like networking type thing where, say, you had a publishing company who had three different titles, say, had one page. And you could pledge or watch the videos from one page of like three separate pledges. Do you know what I mean? And just pick the one that you kind of like rather than them like just flat out competing against each other or something. You know what I mean? Like Exactly, because all three of these books are Mashplot Comics books and they they are competing with each other. Um, Well, one of them is completely funded right now, and that's Judas Breed. Uh, It's uh, by by Kenneth Brown. It's kind of – an alien sci-fi uh, type story, and then uh, another one. Uh, are you familiar with um, the artist Corey Hampshire? He worked at Marvel for like nine years. Yes, yes, I yeah. am. Yeah, this is, this is Corey's book uh, called Clash. Okay, um, I've heard of Clash. Totally. Yep, uh, he signed with Masterplot. Um, and then One Hundred Tears, man, One Hundred Tears, based off of the uh, the two thousand seven slasher film. And uh, gosh, that book is just wicked. That's a, that's okay. That's a crazy idea. We'll get into for sure. But I need to ask. Uh, you seem to know a few folks from Michigan. Is is am I off saying that? Man, I tell you what. I think I relate um, Michigan, the, the 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 independent comic book scene that's going on in Michigan right now. I relate that a lot to kind of the uh, the grunge uh, music scene that happened in the early '90s in <laughs> Seattle. Um, I mean, if you're if you are an independent uh, creator, uh, Michigan man is the place to be. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, Masterplot Comics is actually opening up a, a brick and mortar studio in Detroit uh, within the next year and a half. Really? Okay. Uh, so, and what we're going to do there is we're going to have like uh, comic workshops, um, things like that. Uh, we know a lot of great, great people in the biz. Actually, we have a very mutual friend. I believe uh, he uh, he karaoke you one night. Oh, when I got Dirk Alicious. <laughs> yep, yep. Dirk is uh he's doing a book for us. He's de- he's doing a spin-off of Bullets and Angels. Um he's working on it right now. Uh actually I, I talked with him on the phone earlier. He gave me a, a quick update and I'm very happy with the way things are going. But it's called uh see every Bullets and Angels um we have a couple different stories with Bullets and Angels. And the main one right now is it's called Bullets and Angels subtitle Rosary. Right. And it happens in, in Vegas, you know, with the, the Ace and Alley, the, the Demon Hunters there. And uh, this one uh, is called uh, Bullets and Angels Zen. And uh, like I said, it's being written by Dirk. Um, so very, very excited. It should be out um, sometime in spring. We're hoping we get it ready for our uh, our um, Wizard World for Vegas because Vegas is going to be our, our big show. We've got two booths at Vegas. We're going to have a very strong con present presence in 2016 
the way the way it's looking right now, Master Plot's going to be all over the country. Are you guys going to get in on Motor City this year if you can? Or? Actually, we're uh, well. I don't know. Uh, I need to get with Stephanie on that. I know uh, Stephanie. Uh, Ma- she's going to have a Master Plot Comics booth at uh, the Grand City Rapids Con uh, this coming weekend. Um, well, oh yeah, there's okay. It gets confusing because I was just <laughs> I was just at Grand Rapids Comic Con a couple weekends ago. Okay. And uh, the one you just mentioned, it almost sounds the same, but it's a little bit different, I think. Is Oh, wait, 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 wait. Or wait, are, you, are we getting confused oh, here? Because there are two. There's two cons be... that have Grand Rapids in it. Good point. No, good I point. Think I think one's a gaming was... con, though. She was at Grand Rapids last. <clears throat> I think the one Oh, coming... uh, Fantasticon. Yes, that, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Forgive me, I've, I've been out of commission for the last week. I, I, uh, <laughs> I had the flu, and it was just it really did number on me hey no that's that's <coughs> i completely understand yeah i was gonna head out there for Fantasticon, but i just uh too many cons this year because like like i was gonna end it with uh hamilton comic-con which just happened here in ontario a couple weekends ago and that was gonna be it and i was gonna end the year there and uh but then grand rapids came up and i ended up getting press for that so i was like i gotta go out to grand rapids and see all the kids and so I didn't work that one too hard. That was a more just kind of go and hang out with the kids. Uh, excuse me. But then all the cool people that were going to Fantasticon, I so wanted in on that, but I just couldn't pull it together. But maybe next year. But uh, I'm sure that's very cool that you guys are going to have a booth there, though. Yep, yep. We're going to have one there. Um, and Dirk's like I said, missing I, that one, unfortunately. I yeah, you know, I, I he was going to try to make it. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's got a lot of other things going on. Uh, he's going to try to make it out to uh, the the Vegas Con. Um, that's uh, the Wizard World one. It's going to be March 18th through the 21st. So that's nice. going to be. We have. Have, we have, have we you have, been to Michigan yourself? No, I I have not. But since we're actually going to be opening the the brick and mortar there, I foresee uh, a lot of business trips uh, out there in the future. Are you far? Where is Oklahoma compared to Michigan? Oh, goodness. Um, How many states away are you? <laughs> four-ish, maybe? I don't Ooh, know. That's why. a bit of a trek, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's super cool, though. So, okay, back to 100 Tears then. Uh, coming from a movie that I, I know nothing about. So tell us about the movie a bit here first and sure. how this led into you making a comic about it. Okay, cool. Well, um, I I met the the producer, uh, in 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 his name is Joe Davison, and uh, he's actually um, he plays a character in the movie as well. Uh, he plays a uh, Mark, which is one of the main one of the main dudes. Um, but anyway, uh, I I met him online of all places, like we were talking about earlier, um, and uh, we we were you know talking about his movie. And I told him, you know, uh, what I did and told me a little bit about what he did. So we were discussing the movie side of things and the comic side of things. And uh, he said that um, he always saw uh, 100 Tears uh, as being a comic book. And they uh, it was his first movie. I think they had like a budget of like uh, I might I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he told me like the, there was a budget, it was a small, tiny budget for movies, like, like 70,000, I think. Right on. Um, and uh, the director, uh, Marcus, he oh man, the special effects that that, that he did, oh my gosh, are just, just crazy. But basically, what it is is it's um 
it's just your typical slasher film with a with a crazy psycho clown, and uh, the film is the film was good, uh, and God, I hope I hope that Marcus and and, and Joe uh, don't hear this, but at some points in time in the, in the film it can be a little cheesy, but uh, the the cool factor and the you know the hack and slash and everything uh, kind of outweighs the the cheese a little bit. Um, but after I, I read, uh, Joe sent me the script, the movie script. And after I read it, I was like, oh man, you know, I, I, I wish they could have got these things into the, the film. Um, you know, and, and very rarely do you ever see like the, 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 the original script match up with, you know, the finished product with a movie. But, uh, what I did was, uh, I sat down with the script and I, um, I tried to keep it uh, as original as as I could, but also make it make it my own. So I did change a, a lot of things in there, and it's not as um, comedical as 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 the movie because the movie is a, is a black comedy, and I wanted this to be more of a, of a horror story. So I, I give it more of a of a dark spin when when I wrote the comic. But and, it is still like an adaptation. It's not like a continuation oh, of the story type thing, right? Uh, and, and in many ways, it's like for when people see the movie, and then if they read the comic, will there be like a few added little like special fun things in there for them? Yes, kind of thing? I mean, it'll be it, like it, a broader outlook on the story. Yes, and I, I did change the the ending because uh, one of the characters. Uh, uh, Christine, she uh, she's Gertie uh, Gertie the clown. She's his daughter, and she dies at the the end of the movie. And I was like, man, she's she's twisted, and she's so just interesting. There there should be more. So I decided uh, with um, with one of her tears comic that we were not going to kill her at the end. Instead, uh, we are going to continue the story on. Um, after you know the part where the movie ends, we're going to continue the story on with her as the, as the new villain. Nice. It's almost like you what if it. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> so is yeah. that your thing? Is that is that where your uh, main inspiration comes from? Is the horror genre or? Uh, it it seems that way because I mean I. Um, A little bit of fantasy in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean right right now I am working on uh, a, a hit girl. Uh, for you know a four-page hit girl thing. So I was uh, for the for the for the Miller World uh, anthology thing. But um, as far as like as as far as capes and tights go, I really don't touch it. Um, and I, I'm more of a, a a horror kind of kind of writer, I guess. Suspense. Um, it's uh, it's it's big right now. It's the genre is just huge, like thrillers no, and horror, and it's 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 got a real presence right now. Like people are just eating that shit up. Yeah, you know, it, and it's it's great. And I, I I was unaware of that when I when I wrote Bullets and Angels, and I wanted Bullets and Angels to be really dark and and gritty. And uh, goodness, if if I could go back now and and rewrite Bullets and Angels issue one. Uh, I, I would because I feel like I, re- I wasted so much um, real estate in the pages. You know, like there's there's just so much wrong with that first issue. And I think once it's all said and done, I think what we're what Sarah and I we've been talking about was going back and, and basically just kind of remastering the series and calling Bullets and Angels issue one 
uh, issue zero and, and making it an issue zero and kind of changing things around and then uh, adding a, an, another issue to the series. And I, I know it's kind of soon to do something like that, but um, we we justify it as in we we want the readers and the Bullets Angels fan base to actually, you know, have something good. And um, I feel like at, at this point in time in, in my career uh, that I can go back and make Bullets Angels better. Do you feel like you rushed it or? No, I, I feel I, I don't think I rushed it. I just I it was the very first comic I ever wrote. And I feel like, you know, it just uh, I was really inexperienced uh, in, in doing it. I uh, when I sat down, I, I didn't I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know how to to, to write a script. Uh, and honestly, is, it, is it just the is it the subject matter and just the story itself that you were like is is it so close to you that you you want to go back and just make sure, is it because of the story that you really want to go remaster because you could kind of be like okay that yeah. was my first comic you know live and learn move on make something new but you seem pretty dedicated to this particular project that you want to uh, actually go back and make it better yeah yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and not just not just for myself now. I mean, that um, Bullets and Angels has a small uh, little cult following already, sure. um, and uh, I I just I want to make it good for for the fans for the, for the readership. Well, that's so, fair, you know, absolutely. It's uh, you know, if something's there and you can like build on something that's already there, why not? You know, scooch it up a bit for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I think a lot of that dark grittiness that's coming these days is kind of a bit of where we came from as comic book fans back when we were younger, being influenced by a change of you know time. Like I remember in the early '90s, late '80s, the X Men getting so big because yep. they weren't at that time. It was because they weren't the Justice League. You know, they were yes. kind of the opposite. And with the Crow and everything Frank Miller was doing, you know, and now we're all grown up and trying to do his cool stuff, you know, and a lot of it is like, there's so much cool stuff going on right now. I'm in love with it, you know? Yeah. And I'm pretty excited about comics right now because I feel I've heard this over and over. And even, even one of my, my, my big investors um, has recently even said that, that print was, was dead. And I just, I cannot accept it. Uh, I feel like, you know, like I feel that print is not dead because people want to hold that that tangible book. And there's something about holding the comic book, the way it the way it feels, the way the way the ink smells. It's a piece of art unto itself. And it's... maybe even more so in the independent <laughs> realms these days, of course, because, you know, it's fewer printing and this and that. But, you know, as long as we don't have another 90s overprint debacle, I, I think it'll leave it out. You know, I don't think print is dead at all. Yeah, I, I I don't either, and I but I've heard I've heard it from so many people, and it seems like a trend just to say it. You know, it's like yes, people enjoy their e-readers, but I think I think there will be a time that people will you know will will long for that the smell of a library again. One could hope. Uh, the library, I don't know. <laughs> that might be asking for a bit much. <laughs> it is. It, it, it might be. It might be. But I, I, know, I came from a, a generation uh, where, um, you know, if you wanted to do research, or if you wanted, you know, like something to read, you you just you didn't pick up your 
you know, your 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 e-reader and you just order it off of Amazon or whatever. You actually had to go down to the, the library and, you know, check it out. And they, I don't know, I, I feel like, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm very nostalgic, I guess. I yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's fun to be nostalgic, but you also got to look at the fact that that's, you know, getting on the bus or riding your bike to the library and figuring out, what you got to need took so much time away from you writing whatever you actually wanted to be writing in the same point too. So, you know, but I think it's about balance, right? I think that's why, you know, there's a place for everything. There's a place for digital, there's a place for print, but I think print as an art form, like, well, just like, I mean, the art form of art, you know, print goes two hand in hand with it, you know? Right. And and that that brings up the the next question. Like, how do you feel about uh, digital versus print like it's so because it's so easy to you know with comicology and you know like like marvel direct and everything like and plus like uh collecting them that way um you don't have a whole bunch of long boxes you know set in in a closet someplace well that see there's my nostalgia because i'd be sad for that if i couldn't look over and feel the smell of the cardboard and feel the cardboard of my long boxes see them all sitting there and be able to leaf through them that would be sad for me. I like digital for me personally out of convenience. I like that as a podcaster, I can easily get reviews. I can get PDFs and check something out or you know that kind of stuff. Or, or say I just don't want to collect something, but I want to read an issue, but you know I don't want to get into that title. I can you know get it online. But for me, it's getting over there. It's getting to the comic shop saying hello to the people getting my my poll list and you know taking it home that's it's part of the process for me there absolutely I, so you know i totally feel what you're saying there right on right on but i think there's a place for both you know because it's also with without digital comics it'd be a lot more difficult for a lot of independent artists to get their creations out there for people to see i mean a great example of uh the internet making a superstar is Ryan Stegman. Right. Because his, uh, when he was on the show, that's, he explained it what he did and he, he just bombed the internet with artwork. He said, he found every possible site in any way that you could post any kind of art on. And he just lambasted the internet with his art until it was seen and seen enough that he started getting calls. And before he knew it, he was working for Marvel, right? So, you know, that that worked for him. He didn't have to get out there and physically shuffle and, you know, go to offices and editors and, you know, he didn't really send out, you know, submissions or anything. He just <laughs> put it out there. So it can be done, you know. Yeah, it can, you know, and there is – you're absolutely right because there there are a lot of um, like web comics and digital comics that, that never see print uh, just because they're, the, the creator uh, doesn't – want it to uh i guess because because they have such a you know uh, a big and loyal uh readership already that that is just completely digital so i mean there's it's it's kind of 50 50 um but i i really wish that it, it was there were, some of those uh digital only comics would be available to print because I, I don't know i again i i like that tangible book yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, a lot more web comics should like you know they can make at least a trade every so once in a while you know. So that could totally work for sure. Right on, right on. 
Well, so I'm okay. curious about because you're you're obviously someone. I mean, I don't know if this is like purely your professional life, but mm-hmm. you have completely just you know. This is a lot of work. Okay, I do a podcast. I just do this once. Well, I, I got a couple podcasts and a network, but it's still not half as much. It's not like I'm running a publishing company or anything. How do you find the balance in your life as far as the writing, the planning, the new brick and mortars, the the publishing company, the adorable kid? I saw that video, by the way, the one video with your son. I guess it was your son, yeah, on your lap. Okay, when uh, you were. I have two sons, so it was the little blonde kid on your lap when you were uh, introducing a Kickstarter coming out. I was oh, just checking out some of your videos, and he was like fake talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like blah blah blah. That was hilarious. I was laughing my ass off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so got, cute. Uh, I have uh, I have uh, three kids. Uh, Brenna, she is uh, she's my oldest. She's seven, and then I have uh, Alexander, who is three, and Eric, who's two, and. Um, Oh goodness, man! It's amazing because you know there there is balance there, uh, but you you have to you have to work for it because uh, being um, being an editor and running a publishing company uh, and working with artists all over the world in different time zones, um, you you have to be available at two, three, four o'clock in the morning because you know like to them that might be you know two, three, four in the afternoon. Um, so uh, what I do uh, is I work off of, of, a, of a chart, uh, and basically it's kind of – I print, well, print one out a week, and it, you know, uh, it's got uh, a certain allotment of time. And for like example, like uh, in the morning time, I, um, I've got like a couple hours of, of, of writing, and then um, you know, a little bit of time for social media, be that like Twitter – or, you know, just surfing like Facebook, things like that, um, checking emails. And then um, I, I do some editing and then I do some studying. And I, I'm always studying uh, when, when I can, uh, you know, reading how-to guides, uh, you know, things like, uh, like for example, Dark Manning, like Right or Wrong, you know, things like that, like uh, uh, Writer's Guides. Um, Scott McCloud, great Right, right on, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Uh, watching, uh, you know, watching uh, videos and listening to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts about, you know, uh, creating comics and you know, uh, publishing comics and you know, making comics, things like that. Uh, and then, and then after that, uh, it's more writing, uh, and it's it's writing every day. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be a writer, because there's so many people that say, "Oh, I'm a writer." Because they have the idea that you know that they want to be a writer, but they haven't written anything. If you want to be a writer, the very first thing you need to do is sit down and start writing something. Um, and and that's that's what you have to do. You you have to you have to you know hone that craft. And you it, it might sound silly, but you have to do it every day. You have to write every day. You know, I I heard of, uh, I heard of this. Uh, what is it? Free thought, just free form, free thought writing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's huge among like stand-up comedians. Sure. And I don't hear it as often as you think about just like you know general writers and authors and stuff. But I always thought that was that be a fantastic way to get things going. I've even considered doing myself, and I kind of should because just to get up in the morning, you know, make a cup of tea or something, and 
Because you do. When you first wake up, you're just having a random stream of consciousness going, and you're not really super emotional unless you wake up grumpy, you know what I mean? But, but you know, it, it'd be cool to just write out what you're thinking and kind of see what comes from that. But you're right. It's, it's just, You just got to put pen to paper. It's just like any other you know, industry or trade or art, you, you just got to do the work, you know? And... Well, absolutely. And, and, and I do work from home. I, I've made this, I, after, after we opened up bullets, or I'm sorry, after bullets angels and after we opened up uh master plot, things started becoming, you know, uh, so successful for us that I was able to, to leave my other career that I had been in for, for quite some time. And, uh, and now we're making, uh, you know, enough to, to, it, it pays the bills. I mean, I, we're not That's rich. Amazing. That's amazing. Um, oh man. It's, it's, it's been good. It's been good to us. And, and, and I don't know, and I really enjoy it, but, uh, the balance, the balance is there because I, I'm, I'm, I made it be there. I, I made it myself a schedule. I, I stuck to the schedule. And then in the evening time, uh, cause Sarah's a teacher. Uh, in the evening time, when when she gets home, uh, we spend family time with the kids. So I have a very close bond with my family, and yeah, I mean everything's right now. I I can't believe just how how fantastic life is. I mean everything is, is uh, flourishing. I was talking to an individual uh, earlier today, and um, man, I just had no complaints about about life. I mean, <laughs> so. So Everything's good. coming up, Brian. <laughs> well, that's that. I have so much respect for that man, and uh, I'm so impressed by that kind of situation because, you know, when you have, when you have that chance, like, of course, I would love to podcast all day, every day, sure, like, sure. that that'd be an amazing thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not the particular media that you know people have figured out how to do that yet, unless you're, you're big time, but. Still, like I have a profession, and you know, professionally, I'm an arborist. Like okay. I spent, I spend my days climbing trees, and I absolutely love it, and it's a fantastic thing to do, and I'm very, very happy doing it. And then uh, my wife works a, a lot of hours, and uh, she has a particular job that uh, keeps her away pretty late at night, and uh, so I, I take over a lot of, you know, I play a lot of Mr. Mom around here. But it's great because, you know, everybody's found the balance where they're all getting a chance to individually, even the kids, work on the things that they're passionate about. And once you build a support structure there where everybody's doing it equally for everybody else, it can be a beautiful thing, you know. And uh, I have to say, yeah, exactly. At my point in life right now, like today, I can say the same thing. I got no complaints. Like, you know, this is fantastic, you know. So. So I totally feel what you're saying there. And it all comes from hard work. It all comes from busting your ass and taking shit serious and making it happen. So, you know, bravo on doing it with fucking comic books, man. (laughs) Right on, right on. Yeah, and there's – no, it's not all comic books because uh, Sarah, she she does do children's books as well. Oh, I read about that. Tell me about that. Yep, she – she wrote a children's book called Fuzzy Tricks and Broomsticks about a young witch and a black cat. And they, uh, it's about, um, you know, finding, uh, the value of friendship, uh, is, is kind of what, what, what it's based off of. And, uh, it, it goes to print pretty soon. And, uh, we're, we're very excited about, about that. 
Um, now, now talking about balancing, if we can backpedal just for a second, talking about backpedaling uh, or talk, talk about family and, and, and balancing that, I, I've been I've been mentally struggling trying to figure out how I'm going to uh, be traveling as much as I'm going to be and, and still, you know, get to be with the family. Because uh, 2016, we have so many cons scheduled uh, for Masterplot. And I mean, it, it's from coast to coast. Have you ever uh, encountered uh, something like that where you, you've done a lot of traveling and you've had to be away from the family? Because this will be honestly a, a first for me. I have, and uh, I have, and in the same situation, I've done it for both work and for cons. Last year in particular was very, very, very busy. Uh, back in 2012, I actually had to leave for a month to go uh, do some specialized training. That was That was killer, but that was... You know, like a one-off thing. But the cons, I do travel a lot for cons. And it's not so much, you know, far distance all the time, even though there is some of that in there. But it's just that we have a lot going on around here on weekends, so the weekends will get taken up. So my advice is just to, A, if you're feeling any kind of guilt about it, that should go away immediately. Because your family loves you and they're going to support what you're doing. They're not going to resent you for it in any way. B... I just make the time that I have count to every last second. Like, uh, it's hard when your kids are growing up because you do get to a point where you're wondering, like, am I spending enough time with them in certain areas, but they also need to learn their independence and, you right. know, and this kind of, especially with me, cause <laughs> I have, I have a, I have a 16 year old stepdaughter, so she kind of takes care of herself, but then I have a almost five year old son. So even though he's got an older sister, she's quite older. So as a toddler, he's he's a bit of an only child. So I even have that extra little bit of, is he lonely? Is he fulfilled? But but he's great. You know, when you really just kind of take your emotion out of it and look at it sensibly and reasonably, they're great. They're fine. They're happy. You know, you, you know, <clears throat> I bring the wife along whenever I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'm also extremely lucky to have the support structure that I have in in the kids' grandparents, like on both sides. Okay. Like we we have no shortage of babysitters across the board, so we're happy to be lucky that way. That we got plenty of people who'll take him for a whole weekend and just take him out and spoil him and have a great time, right? Awesome. So I think it's that yeah, when you're with them, make sure you know that it's worth it, and uh, always always bring your kid home a toy. If, if if I go to a con and I don't bring even like a $2 action figure home or something, like that's something your kid will remember. They'll grow up and be like, yeah, he went to a lot of cons, but he always brought me home some. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, man, my, my two-year-old uh, loves – or I'm sorry, my three-year-old now. He, he just had a birthday in, in October. Uh, so I'm still getting used to that because both both my boys, uh, they're, they're only 11 months apart. So – uh, and both the birthdays are in, in back to back. So goodness. But yeah, uh, my three year old now uh, loves, 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 loves Doctor Who. So uh, this this con I was at this past weekend, um, I went around to like, um, all the artists and, and Artist Alley and I had each one of them. I commissioned each and every last one of them. I was like, hey, uh, do something Doctor Who. And uh, it's got like a lot of like really awesome Doctor Who stuff for him and uh, what the plan is is uh, for Christmas uh, I'm going to you know have it all like framed and everything and, and give it to him because he 
even though he's uh he's three, he's he's really into things like that. So he loves he loves like art and everything. And my my seven year old, oh my goodness, she thinks it's the coolest thing in the world that, that dad makes comics. Yeah, you know. So yeah, you, nothing to worry about. It's you know it takes some time, but it's all fun and it's good for you, man. It's good for you to go and get away and step away. I find that it's good to step away from the family once in a while and. If you're okay with it and comfortable with it, you know, it, it works out great. So, especially when they're all into it, you got to love that. Like, my kid is a Batman freak. Like, everything Batman. Batman Lego, Batman Lego video games. He has, I think, 19 different Batman action figures. And for him, he, he sees my lightsaber collection and my comic collection. And he under, he hears me say collection. So to him, he doesn't just want every toy. He wants to collect. In his mind, he collects Batman action figures. Awesome. So every time there's even a slight variation on one, he wants it. So all I got to do is make sure that when I come home from a bat with from a con with a Batman, that it's not one he already has. So. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, you can't not think your kid. I mean, if your kid's two or three and they're into Doctor Who already, you're doing something right. You know, like. <laughs> right. Right. You know? That's super great, man. Um, so currently, the Kickstarter. Talk about what's happening right now today. Sure, sure. Well, um, it's. I think we are a little over fifteen hundred, which I was hoping to be, you know, a little bit more uh, past that by by this point in time. But uh, we do have some. We 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 have fifth. We're at fifteen eighty out of our six thousand goal um but i and we have 12 days to go but i i'm not worried about it, to tell you the truth because um there are a, a ton of of uh 100 tears um uh, movie fans who they said you know like as as, as soon as it gets closer to the end they're going to come in and um plus a, a lot of the uh the bullets and angels fans uh who have been huge supporters in, in the past um, uh, or have been some of our bigger donors. They said that they're going to come in in the end as well. But um, for anyone who who who's interested in in getting um the comic, uh, the book is is it's ready to it's ready to go. I mean, like we're we're finishing up the uh, the last couple pages now. Um, and, and Saint is just oh man, he's blowing my mind with with some of the uh the pages. Uh, you can check out uh, either the Masterplot Comics Facebook or even my Facebook. Uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook, Brian Lee Bird, Birds with a Y, and check out some of the friend, give me a friend request. Uh, you know, we'll talk some comics. Uh, but uh, man, there's just so much going on. Like we we have um, because we understand. Uh, you know, every family or every individual has a. Uh, a budget and you know uh so we we made our, our backer uh rewards we um we started off from a dollar and you know there's things all the way up to five hundred dollars i mean there's something for for everybody in there uh we've got the um the pdf uh version and it, it's just five bucks we we have you know the physical copy uh you know we we've got some really cool um t-shirts uh you can get the original art, uh, because Saint Yak, he's he's hand drawing all the pages, 
so there is actually a um, the uh, backer reward level where you could uh, get the book and you know get uh, get original art. Oh, that's, oh, that's fantastic! fantastic. Um, that's always, always a, good a good inclusion. inclusion. And then there, for those who haven't seen the uh, the movie, uh, there's one uh, where you can get the comic and the movie. Um, and uh, right, right. We call it the deadly duo. That's what we call that one. And then, um, we have, uh, we have one where we're actually, uh, offering, uh, five, uh, sketch covers and, uh, cause people, some other reason people love sketch covers and, uh, there's a lot of artists out there that, you know, uh, like, to, to draw on them and, and, you know, resell them. So we thought, Hey, you know, this, let's give, Let's give other artists opportunity to, to draw, you know, Gertie the Clown. So we, we have the sketch covers for them, and I mean, uh, so much cool stuff. We actually um, we got in uh, touch with the um, the actor uh, Jack uh, Jack Amos who played Gertie the Clown, and I said, Hey Jack, you know, would you would you be willing to to sign some books for us uh, for the Kickstarter? And he was like, Yeah, man, let's let's do it. So you can actually get. Um, Signed copies of the book by by Gertie himself. Uh, man, like there's just so much cool stuff, and there's there's all kinds of add-ons you can you can add in uh, to your to your um, rewards. You can get uh, if you want additional comics or issues, you can get additional issues. Uh, you can get um, uh, buttons, stickers, uh, prints, uh, bookmarks. I mean, man, we've got it all. I mean, so much cool. Cool stuff, and um, we also uh, we're offering up an 18, uh, 18 by twenty four inch uh, canvas piece uh, of of one hundred tiers. So, all kinds of really cool, really cool stuff, man. That does sound like cool stuff. That sounds like some excellent rewards. So yeah, I mean, like uh, if anyone hasn't. Uh, heard of 100 tiers or you know uh they want to know more about it uh you can jump over to kickstarter and check it out it's called 100 tiers the comic and uh, you know definitely like i said i uh i'm always looking for uh you know new people to to visit with about comics uh or if someone has well, like, you have to do the rounds now right like one thing i'm loving that's happening in the podcast community uh at least you know kind of on the level that I'm with and, you know, the people that I'm involved with is we've actually got, there's almost like a little podcast circuit going now uh, for me and a few, like as far as kind of like the talk show circuit, you know, like how you would, you know, if you, if you had a movie to promote, you'd do Kimmel and then whatever. You've actually, there's, we've getting, we've been getting to points where me and like three or four other shows I know will each have like the same guest on in like a month. You know what I mean? Awesome, right? Yeah, it's really cool that it's turning into that. So, uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta get out there and uh, put it out there. But uh, the people will come if you get it out there, which is very cool. So, uh, I'm very very impressed with what uh, I've seen of what you guys got going on over there, and uh, I can't wait to dive into the Master Plot comics a little deeper. And uh, yeah, we, we've got some uh, man. Like I said, 2016. I, I really feel like we're we're gonna blow up and. People are really going to uh, start to hear more about us um, because we're going to be at, at just, I mean, every time you turn around at a con, you're, you're going to see us there. We're going to have a booth. Uh, I mean, we have big things planned. Like I said, you know, we're going to be opening up the uh, the brick and mortar studio. Um, we have, you know, we have 
so many big names already that that we're working with. Like like uh, I'm actually going to getting ready to be doing a um, a book with uh, with Corey Hampshire. Uh, and mind you, we you know like, like like we talked about earlier, we we already picked up his uh, his book Clash. But uh, no, he he um, he and I were doing a book together. Uh, he's doing the line art. Um, I um, uh, I did the story. It's based off of the uh, the uh, award winning uh, short called Sad Monster uh, by Kurt uh, Detbarn. Uh, another Canadian, and uh, man, this 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 film that that Kurt did, it uh, it was nominated for like eighteen different selects, like Sundance. Uh, I mean, really? so many things. Uh, it, it it's won so many awards. Uh, yeah, you can check it out if you go to uh, masterplotcomics.com, and then you head uh head over to comics, and then you uh, there's a comics tab. You click on it, and it has a drop box down. And check out Sad Monster. You can actually uh, watch the uh, the video there. And um, I got with Kurt, and uh, I told him, you know, I, I was interested in doing a, um, a comic based off off of it. And uh, so I, I wrote a, a six issue story arc for that. Corey's doing the line art, and uh, Anthony um, Anthony D Lee is uh, is doing the, the color work on it, and you might be familiar with his uh, his work uh, from um, IDW's Judge, Judge Dread. Okay, yeah. Yep, he did the color work on that. And he's be color. He'll he'll be coloring this book for us. And um, I mean, there's just there's just so much uh, talent in and everything All right now. And because with with Masterplot, we we do everything we do is you know like with his uh, creator own. But we, we, we don't mind working with, you know, uh, established artists, writers, and, and, you know, like Dirk and, and other people. But we're always on the lookout for for that new creator. So, I mean, if, if anyone has, like, you know, an idea and they want to submit it to Masterplot, uh, another, again, you know, go to masterplotcomics.com and uh, there's a submissions page. Well, so, I love that you guys are keeping it varied. It reminds me a little bit of what Action Lab is doing. Because they've got a little bit of something for everybody, you know. They're not just like one genre focused, like a lot of publishing companies can tend to be, and which isn't a bad thing, you know. Some people like to focus on something, but I like to see wondrous variety, and it's really cool that you guys are st- trying to stretch out that way, you know. So, children's books to horror books, like that's just the gamut, you know. That's great. So, absolutely. absolutely. But uh, yeah. kids, uh, I'm telling you, go to the Kickstarter, check out 100 Tears, the comic. And check out the art and go to Brian's Facebook page, Brian Lee Bird, and there's Masterplot Comics on the Facebook, all these places to go, and it'll catch you. Your eye will be caught. It will be sucked in and stuck to your screen of whatever device that you are witnessing it on. And uh, I'm really excited. I can't wait to dive in and uh, check out all this stuff because, as I said, I'm very impressed with what you guys got going on over there. So, uh I'm sure 2016 will be a blow-up year for you guys, as you are saying so. I hope so. I, I really do. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks again. That was fun times. It's uh, been great to chat and get to know about uh, everything that you're up to. You know. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it, it was it was fun. Uh... Uh, I'm gonna have to come down to that brick and mortar store when I'm in the Michigan area and when it exists, and uh, we'll have to do some on-site podcasting. As well, it's uh, going to be cool to talk to Stephanie uh, at your Master Plot Comics booth when uh, Motor City rolls around. Absolutely, yeah, so. and if, definitely reach out to her, um, man. She she is an amazing 
person, just just all around good stuff. She's well, I'll, I'll maybe get Steph on if she wants to come on and chat. Maybe in a couple of weeks, just because I feel like I'm, I honestly feel like I'm wearing Michigan out. Um, <laughs> right on, right on. Like I think you're the first non-Michigan guest I've had on in like weeks. So it's, wow. Wow. you know, maybe I should talk to some Toronto artists. But uh, before we head out, kids, I also want to mention that next week is the week. November 14th and 15th at the Cameron House, downtown Toronto. That's 408 Queen Street West. The uh, event Pints and Pages will be happening. Uh, A lot of Toronto and the GTA's fantastic, coolest new comic creators are going to be going there to drink bevies and pints and talk about comics. And they'll have their work there and be discussing work and getting drunk and having a good time. Uh, Shane Amato, Ricky Lima of the Black Hole Hunters Club will be there. Uh, I think Anthony Reckgazer is going to pop out. Sean Daly will be there. Uh, Lots and lots of fun, cool, awesome talent. And uh, so come out there, kids, and uh, check that out because we will be there. We will be live podcasting with all those cool cats. Again, masterplotcomics.com. And uh, that's Brian Lee Bird. Thank you very, very much, sir. Oh, man, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime. Kids, That's all we're going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy.